Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here with our podcast, Sermon Recap. Here we are. Another great day, guys. Hey. How are y'all? Hello, hello. Hey. Cheerio. Everybody's in a crazy mood today, by the way, so there's no telling <laughs> what's going to happen. We're filming in the afternoon. Usually we do morning, and uh, we're not as focused. I don't know. <laughs> we're not as focused right <laughs> so now, focused. so we'll see how this goes. You ate your carrots today, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Vision yeah. is on point. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah, this is going to go down until the whole time. That's all this guy. Matt's crying over here. Uh, Man, it just really got to me. Oh, yep. yeah. So week three of yep. Arrows. Week three it was. It, well, yeah, that was this past week. I uh, had week three cheering about the release. Uh, we spent uh, week one talking about the target and uh, making Jesus the center of your home. Uh, week two, uh, you focused in on the tension as you're pulling back on those arrows. And then week three, uh, we really focused in on the release. Um, you had mentioned in the message that this was uh, obviously something that you and Alexa have walked through recently over the last couple of years, As uh, even as of, uh, well, as we're recording this tomorrow, uh, you guys are taking uh, taking Daniela to, uh, to a new city that she'll be living in for the next mm-hmm. year. Um, but you mentioned about how difficult this one is. Why do you think this space right here may be more difficult than the, any of the other rest, just the whole releasing idea? It's just the end of a season in your life that... Hopefully you really loved and cherished and, uh, you know, they call it the golden years, you know, <laughs> when you got your little kids at home and they're growing up and you're just loving that. And, and you just realize you've come to the end of a season and uh, it's not going to be the same again. And uh, it hurts. It yeah. really does. Everybody was crying all weekend. I mean, I've never had so much weeping. People were carrying Kleenex to each other in the sanctuary. And I'm like, oh, Lord, this is so heavy. But, uh, yeah, it's real. And I, I really wanted to... I mean, I'll, you always want to put a good spin on something, or or I don't spin's a bad word, but you always want to bring something positive to the table. But there's no way around that this season just really hurts. You love your kids. You love having them home. This season of departure hurts. It does. There's no way around that. There's joy in it at the same time to see your children step out into the world and do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's joy to see them fulfilling God's plan for their life full of joy, but uh, the sight of a parent seeing your child walk away, that's tough. Right. I love that you, I don't think I've ever heard it in the context of grieving, but like I love that you gave permission to just grieve that moment. Not that the rest of your life isn't going to be great and there's not all the new things to look forward to, but take it a minute to just say, this part is over and really just let that sink in. You know, I don't think I would have called it that before I went through it, you know. I just didn't realize that, that was it. It it just hit me hard, and uh, it was a grief. Mm-hmm. It really was. It was the hardest that grief had hit me, probably up to that point in my life. Really. Uh, now I'm I'm. Unfortunately, we get older. We get a lot more familiar with grieving. You know, we say goodbye to people and seasons, and we kind of know what it feels like. That's the first time it hit me really hard, and I think that's a, a good way to describe it. You, uh, as we were, as we were kind of talking about this, uh, I think you gave some really practical thoughts and some ideas as it relates to helping parents navigate that. Uh, for for someone like myself, you know, still got younger kids at home, that seems like such a long ways off on, on one hand. But also, I recognize that my kids are growing up fast, so I know that that season is, while it is in the you know in the future, it's not in the too terribly uh, distant future. So I'm back here taking notes as you're kind of 
giving these principles and you really gave some healthy boundaries I felt like for for parents and I think for kids as well as those kids that are that are that are going out going out um one of the things that popped into my head is as you were asking this uh, as you were kind of setting this up was um I, I wonder what you might say uh to the to the parents who maybe are not in that season of where uh the the grieving the release but they're having a hard time helping their kids to take that next step to help them to uh to get out of the house. What, what would you say to those parents there that are struggling with what to do to help their kids take that next step and help them to be released? So these are like kids who are probably staying home longer than they should? Well, longer than what, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, the, the parents are ready for them to take that next step and they want them to, but they're having a hard time helping their kids to take that next step. You know, I don't know how much good advice I would have. I think I would, um, it, that would be tough. Yeah. There, there's no way around that it'd be tough to look at your child and say, hey, it's time for you to move on. Right. I have talked to parents who've had to do that, you know, and there are times that, and we didn't talk about this yesterday, I approached it very much from the standpoint of the kid who's leaving sure. soon and you hate it and you're grieving, but there are, there's a group of people sitting there who's like, uh, they need to move. <laughs> right. I still think there's a grief in them moving on sure. with their adult life. These parents still struggle with that. Absolutely. But... Good parents also realize the need. I think the only way to do that is to sit down and really love them, but have a very authentic conversation with them and mm -hmm. say, for your own benefit, it's time you take some steps towards independence, whatever that might look like. Yeah. You know, they need to be doing something. I, I don't, uh, you know, if they're at home, dependent upon parents, not working, not taking any steps toward independence, that's just unhealthy for them. Sure. To just remain in, as a child in the home, even as they've grown into adulthood, that's not a healthy place to be for anybody, you know? So I think you just sit down and have an authentic conversation with them if that's possible. Yeah, I mean, I think each one of those situations are probably different, and there's not necessarily sure. one blanket statement that you would throw out there. Mm -hmm. But I think the idea of being honest about where we're at and having having some real uh, some real conversations about what next steps could potentially look like uh, that certainly seems like a healthy way healthy way to go and you can help them too I yeah. think you can help them you know some some kids that have just never gotten out there and tried to do things find a place to live parents can certainly help them do that you know maybe provide some bit of financial support maybe just take small steps toward weaning them off yeah uh, mom and dad. Um, that can be a good thing. That's good. Yeah. No, I think, I think to the heart of it too, is like you, what you really want is what's best for them. It's Certainly. not, I'm so sick of you. Get out of here. It's right. right. Making sure you figure out how to communicate. Like, how can I help you figure out what I know is best for you? Yeah. I, I, I absolutely. I think it's hard for adults to live in the house together. Oh yeah. You know, whether, uh, whether a child realizes or not, they cross a certain boundary when there's a, there are adults and they're living with their parents as adults. There's just something inside of us that wants to be independent, make our own choices, uh, build our own home. I think that's just part of who we are as human beings. And when you reach a certain age and you're in your parents' house, that's just going to bring tension. And uh, But I think the heart of it from the parent's perspective should always be, this is what's best for you. Yeah. And it is. Right. As a parent, it doesn't always feel like that. 
It does. I'm just. I'm just thinking about like I couldn't help but think. I mean, my son is 12, but I go, what six years? He's he's going to college, and I'm going to have that moment, and I am a crier, so it's going to be real rough. But <laughs> and I go, how do you get yourself to that place where you actually do say, I really do want what's best for them, so I'm going to. You talked about you know letting them go. It's like, how do I get myself to that place of really wanting that for them and not being selfish? Because that's it's how a I kind of feel. I, I think that's a journey for parents whose whose children are still in the home, you know. And that's that's very common in our in our society today for kids to stay home longer than mm-hmm. they used to. And I think it's a journey for parents. And you just reach a point. I think that you see what it's doing to them and to you and to your home, and you realize things have to change. It's not easy. Hmm. Not going through it myself, but I've talked through with some parents through that, and that's not an easy thing to do. But I've seen parents just very courageously sit down and have that authentic conversation with their child, and it turned out very well. Mm-hmm. You know, the kid finds a place to live, finds a, you know their own independence, and there's a measure of respect that comes with that. Right. It's a good thing. You mentioned about how, you know, that natural order of things as far as it's good for your for those kids to grow up and to leave and to cleave to uh to their new uh to their new family. They're not necessarily it's not just your family anymore, they're kinda of developing their own. And you gave some boundaries that were out there for parents to pay attention to and uh, I hope that, that was uh that was something that uh, individuals would grab a hold of. Uh but you mentioned about a couple of them. One of them was, you know, uh respecting their home. You know, not their home is not is not your home, uh, which I, I think got a couple of chuckles uh, out of there when you talked about don't go and raid their refrigerator, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, oftentimes we'll think about yeah you probably they, your kids probably still come out of your house and maybe raid your refrigerator, but you're not allowed to go and 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 raid their refrigerator as well. Another one that you gave was they do still come back and raid your refrigerator. <laughs> they, do, they do. Okay. My son was in my refrigerator last night, I believe. <laughs> Well, if and only, he's welcome to be right. That I don't begrudge that. But but this is his home. Yes, and his wife. You know, you know. I we raised him. We grew up with him. Mm-hmm. We did not raise his wife. Mm-hmm. And we, she's our daughter. We treat yeah. her like that. But us to come into her home and treat it like ours is just disrespectful for her. That's you got to draw those lines. You yeah. just don't come in and, you know, it's the old classic thing of the mother-in-law coming in telling the, the. The daughter-in-law had a clean house. You know, you got the everybody loves Raymond. Not everybody's watched that. I think that show's pretty hilarious, but it highlights over and over again. They get laughs out of that about that aspect. In-laws crossing the boundaries all the time, and don't be that. Is what I was trying to say yesterday. Don't do that. That's so damaging. It's really not funny long term. You know, it destroys marriages. You and it puts your child in a position to have to defend you. Right. And you put your child in a position between their spouse and you because you're bringing pressure to the home and the spouse is not liking that and they're going to them and there's uh, there's so many unhealthy dynamics and something like that. And I think we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to yeah. cross the line. It's just be aware of what you're doing and correct that behavior. One of the powerful ones I think that you mentioned yesterday was the was as relating to marriage advice and marriage mm-hmm. counseling. Uh, and you, I think you were straight on point when you said you know you cannot in a uh, in a in a, in a good mindset counsel your kids on marriage because you're going to be biased. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so you make that distinction that you're not going to do that. You're not going to get involved. You're going to stay out of it. Of course, if there's abuse or anything like that going on, that changes that changes the scenario there. But uh, in normal, uh, there's going to be arguments. There's going to be disagreements within the marriage. Uh, don't bring them. Don't bring them to your parents. And you don't provide a listening ear for that uh, as adults. I thought that was good. I thought it was really good. Got to be a hard one too, you know. We're blessed with uh, my son and his wife having a good relationship and all. They really have a great relationship, and uh, we're very happy with, with that. Uh, but if he were to come to me having marriage problems, it'd be really hard for me to say, uh, son, let me get you some help. Yeah. But that'd be the right move because if, if, you know, if he were to tell me he's being mistreated or anything, it'd be hard. And if his wife were to tell me he was mistreating her, right, I'd be upset with him too. <laughs> yeah, it's just you've got so much invested in it. A good counselor can stay emotionally detached from the situation yeah. and give really objective uh, advice and input. When you're the parent, that is almost impossible to do. Let me let me push that a little bit a little bit further. Sure, you know one of the things that you that you laid out for this as well. I think it's I think it's one of the goals of parenting is that when you get to this stage where your kids have have been released is that you have that friendship there, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're close and you feel like you can, uh, you know, I want my kids to feel like they can talk to me about whatever's going on. Mm -hmm. They come they come to you and they just they just need a moment to vent. They just need a moment to, to talk about whatever's going on in the home at that point in time. You still say at that point in time, hey, I'm probably not the person that you want to talk to uh, about this. Because as a parent, you still just—it's hard to be—it's hard to be unbiased. It's hard to just listen. Um, what do you? What would you say to something like that? You know, I'm trying to think of what I what I would actually say as yeah. compared to what I would like to actually say. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I, sometimes you hope you would react this way if that ever happened, and that may not be reality of what you do. Yeah, it'd be hard just to say, well, just you know shut it and go to somebody else you yeah, know absolutely. it would almost feel like that yeah saying that i think if 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 they had a situation where they broke down or were emotional you just say you know I'm here for you praying for you yeah. it's going to be okay uh get some counseling but i'm not the one to walk you through this right. in the, the nitty-gritty of it i'm just not the one but you always love your child and they're having problems you know, I said yesterday, if there's a case of abuse or something and they come running home, take care of them. Absolutely. Uh, put a stop to that. Do yeah. whatever you can, you know. But if they have a spat, the one thing I would push on a little bit is say, I don't want to do anything that makes that a habit mm. that you can come to me. You know, right. I see yeah. see situations where there's a fight in the home and, and one goes running home to mom and dad to tell them what's going on, and then mom and dad store up some bitterness against that other one. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah, sure. You, you store that up, and it's hard to get rid of that, and that builds and builds and builds to where their relationship with the uh, the offending spouse, let's call it, is just tough to manage. So I always say, if you're gonna get counsel, go to somebody who's really good at it. Sure. Go to somebody with proven character, and many times go to a professional. It's good. I think I love the way you wrapped it up. And I know that you even set it up saying it feels like it's where you're supposed to because you're the pastor. But just really the power of prayer oh, and not taken for granted. That as a parent, you know, like, you know, our habit is right now putting the kids to sleep and we say our prayers and we go through that. 
Um, I had a friend back in Georgia, and we, we would sit down and talk to your parent and stuff a lot. And he, he said, I still sit down every night, and he prays, you know, that his son would grow in wisdom and stature and in favor. And, you know, and he goes through that prayer, yeah. and he's watched it be lived out. Um, and I loved you sharing the story of your dad and just mm-hmm. the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times we think that it sound, it's such an easy church answer to give that we go, well, it probably won't really work, but I'll pray about it. You know, um, I was curious if you had any more, I don't know, just any more thoughts on, on that idea of after they've left, is prayer the only thing you've got left? I know that sounds kind of like, I guess I'm thinking like, what if you miss the target completely? Or, or you shot it out and it's like, I don't even know what happened, you know? At that point, do you have to back off? And I don't know if, you know, that's such a vague way to put it, but I think there are times that you have to back off when they want you to. Yeah. You know, we live in this world now, and, and I struggled with this yesterday because there's so many people dealing with different aspects of what we talked about there, you know? And I struggle with it because we have, you know, I know a lot of parents whose children have made decisions that just break their heart, mm-hmm. you know, decisions to do certain things that they don't feel is right for them, be in relationships that they don't feel is right for them, to do things, frankly, that, that many people I know consider immoral and, uh, you know, polar opposite to the behavior of a, of a Christian. Um, so parents really struggle with that. And oftentimes when they come to talk about that with a child, the child is not uh, receptive to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Many times the child is just pushed away from a relationship. And I think there are times we're seeing that a lot on a number of issues today that, that people don't seem to be able to disagree with people and still maintain a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most destructive things going on in our society right now is the idea that if you disagree with me, we're done. Mm. You know, we just, we're done. And and that's happening a lot to parents, I think. Um, I've seen it happen to many. It's like, yeah. you know, you don't agree with me on this, no relationship. Yeah. At that point, yes, all you can do is pray. At that point, that's that's extreme, but yeah. I think you maintain a relationship with your children as much as they want to. But there comes a time when they may need some space. And the most loving thing you can do is give them that space and pray for them. That's hard. Oh, Lord, it's hard. But you got to ask yourself sometimes, is is what I'm doing actually working? Right. Is what I'm doing actually helping them or making me feel better about myself? Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's hard to live out. I know we, I know we were talking kind of a little bit behind the scenes about as we kind of going through this through the series and specifically leading up to this week, that one of the things that you want to try to do the best that you possibly can is to protect that relationship. And I know that you were just kind of hitting on um, a little bit of as you release those arrows and they start making decisions and choices that maybe you don't agree with. Um, you know, I, I think one of the big ones that came up for me you talked uh in there about setting up the boundaries and loving their spouse even when even when you can't like them take out take out the idea that you don't like them just because of their personality right that you just don't get along but you you have serious reservations about their uh about them being good not good enough but being good for your your child Mm -hmm. um 
what role do you feel like a parent should play as far as voicing their concerns leading into that? Um, do, and maybe each situation is different, then uh, I certainly understand that aspect of it. But do parents need to feel the need to step in and voice their concerns or any, or do they err on the side of being supportive and trying to protect that relationship there with their child? Some of that would depend, in my mind, on the age of the child. Okay. you got a young child who's who's still in need of care and is, is let's say, you got a 16, 17-year-old sure. who's getting in a relationship that's really destructive. Yeah. You still have that role to kind of guide and direct. I think you've got an older child uh, at a certain point, it goes back to give them advice when they ask when for they it. When they ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think at some point you have to respect them as an adult and respect that they're going to make decisions for themselves and uh, be there in an advisory role if you're welcomed into that role. That's good. Yeah. Parenting at no, no matter the age is tough. <laughs> it's not easy. It's no. tough when they're infants and you just bring them home. It's tough as they are entering into school and uh, entering, uh, entering into the world of freedom with their license. And then it seems like it is just as hard, if not harder, uh, when you pull back the arrow and you release them. Let me say this. My wife has said this many times. In every season of parenting, there is great joy and there's some heartache at the same time. Mm -hmm. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. There's something great to enjoy in all of them. You know, it really is. When you see them growing up young, discovering new things, learning to read, learning to do things, you see the joy they have at discovering the world. It's wonderful. When you have to discipline them or deal with their uh, behavior sometimes as children, it's difficult. As they get older, there are joys and heartaches at the same time. But old parenting is such a wonderful thing. It's uh, it's uh, one of the greatest parts of my life has been being a, a dad, you know, and I would trade anything in the world for it. Well, seems like a good place for us to, to pause the conversation for this week. It does. Point towards next week. Next week's going to be cool. Mother's Day's coming up. So excited about that. we got kind of a special service plan. It's going to be really different from anything we normally do. On Mother's Day, I think it'll be good for everybody. Excited about that. Yep. Um, also, for this particular podcast, we're asking all of you who will to send us your parenting questions, and we'll try to answer some of those. We'll try to answer as many of them as we can in our time, and so we invite you to do that. Just uh, drop us a comment, drop us a uh, email or a call, whatever. Uh, probably a comment on this uh, thread would be the best way to do that, and we'll try to get to those questions. But thanks for being with us today. We'll see you next time. See. You.